podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after, Liverpool nil, Arsenal nil in the Carabao Cup semi-final at Anfield. This was a very, very disappointing performance and result for the Reds. Liverpool dominated the game from start to finish, but created absolutely nothing. Managed zero shots on target for the entire game. Arsenal lost Granit Xhaka after 24 minutes. A simple ball over the top by Andy Robertson aimed towards Diogo Jota. The Portuguese striker brought it down his chest and was poleaxed by Granit Xhaka at the same time, right on the edge of the box. Xhaka got his marching orders. And what that did was it made the game easy for Arsenal. Because prior to that, Liverpool had been outrunning Arsenal. A 3v2 advantage in midfield gave Liverpool a free man. And they were making the most of it. Arsenal's defence was all over the place. And it felt like a matter of time before Liverpool scored. Not that we were creating much, but just that they were so panicked and so poor defensively that you really felt like Liverpool are going to get something here. Now, they'd already lost Cedric on 10 minutes. Their right back had to go off with a hip injury and on came Callum Chambers. And when the decision was made to send Xhaka off, they made another defensive change. They brought off Eddie Nketiah, who started up front, and brought on Rob Holding. And Rob Holding is another big grok of a centre-back. So what they basically did then was they played a flat-back five with Callum Chambers at right-back, Ben White, Rob Holding and Gabriel as the central defenders and Kieran Tierney as the left-back. Now that's basically five central defenders because Kieran Tierney, while a very good player, isn't really a wing-back in a back three system. He's a centre-back in a back three system. So with them playing a flat-back five, it was basically five centre-backs for that kind of shape. And it allowed them to just stay really compact and block off any and all avenues for Liverpool. Now, in front of that, they had Lekonga with Martinelli and Saka, who had started as wingers, pulling back in next to him and then Lacazette up front by himself. And when I say up front, I mean he was playing 40 yards from his own goal. He rarely entered the Liverpool half. Liverpool lined up with Alisson in goal, Trent, Joel, Virgil and Robbo at the back. Fabinho flanked by Milderson. And then Jota, Firmino and Minamino up front. Now we knew as soon as the team was announced, Henderson and Milner, this is not going to be good because, well, this is never good. Going into last night's game, their record against top four teams was four wins. Sorry, the record against big six teams or in the Champions League was four wins from 12 games. And those four wins, well, they were PSG at home back in 2018. A game you'll remember, we went 2-0 up. They came back into it and we needed a Bobby Firmino last-minute winner to beat them. Napoli in 2018, where we needed Alisson to make an incredible save. Spurs in 2019, and Atletico Madrid this year, well, last year, 2021, uh, but this season, where Atletico played 40 minutes with 10 men, where Atletico had 
fought back from 2-0 down to 2-2 in large part because our midfield was an abomination. And Griezmann sending off on 52 completely changed the game. And that's what enabled us, through a late Mo Salah penalty, to win that match. Henderson and Milner does not work as a pairing. It has never worked as a pairing. And last night, both of them were absolutely shocking. On a night where we were crying out for creativity from those number eight positions, these two looked like they'd never seen a football before. Jordan Henderson's first touch is an abomination. Milner seems to have no idea what he's doing on a football pitch anymore. Fabinho, the holding midfielder, was the one trying to force the issue, having to push his way into the number 10 position to try and link play on the edge of their box. Because the two number eights, whose job that is, completely failed. Now, they weren't alone in their failure. Trent was awful, but he's just had COVID. I would give him a pass on the basis that he's just had COVID. Diogo Jota didn't play well, in large part because he got absolutely no service. I thought Taki Minamino had a couple of good moments, but didn't play particularly well. Andy Robertson didn't play particularly well. Two centre-backs looked fairly calm, fairly composed. Fab had a decent enough game. Bobby worked hard, won the ball back a bunch, tried to make things happen. But Liverpool's lack of depth is staggering. And people will say, oh, we've got eight midfielders and we've got six attackers. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, no, no. Bodies are not depth. Quality is depth. And that's what Liverpool lack. Quality. You look at our starting 11, and there's 10 places in it that are just full of quality. The right side at eight position, depending on who plays there, can be a high-caliber position as well. Can also be very low in quality if Jürgen picks his captain. But behind them, Kanate and Gomez and Costas are quality. If the captain is starting in midfield, then we've got two better midfielders behind them in Naby and Harvey Elliott when he's back. But obviously he's out injured at the moment. And up front, we've got one quality backup, be it Firmino, be it Jota. And even at that, Firmino's not the player he was a couple of years ago. And as much as I like Jota, I think he's the fourth starter. I don't think he's a first-choice player in a, a team with real ambition to win major honours. I think he's better as a spot starter coming in, playing some games to the middle, some off the left, and some games he's just an option off the bench. I think that's the best role for him. But Liverpool don't have anyone else other than that. There's no backup to Thiago that can be trusted physically because Naby has injury problems. There's no backup at all to Fabinho. We're reliant on an 18-year-old in the right-sided midfield role. Curtis Jones has not developed in the last two years. There's no backup at right-back, no quality backup at right-back. Nico Williams, to his credit, came on last night and had a couple of good moments. Curtis Jones, to his credit, came on last night, had a couple of good moments, embarrassed the senior players who started ahead of them. Um, 
But Liverpool just felt like they could have played till Christmas and not scored, not created anything of note. It was literally like Arsenal closed the door and rather than try and open it, Liverpool decided to get a washing machine and throw it at it. And when that didn't work, they got a fridge and they threw it at it. And when that didn't work, they got a cooker and they threw it at it. And then a tumble dryer and a dishwasher. And I'm running out of household appliances, but you get my point. It just felt like Liverpool, rather than try and open the door, were trying to break the door down, which was just the height of stupidity. Klopp waited far too long to make his changes. And then he made strange changes. I mean, bringing on Joe Gomez when you're trying to win a game makes no sense. No sense at all. Now, I get you want to give him minutes, but Jesus Lord wept. You need to win the game. They're playing with 10 men. Now you've got to go to the Emirates next week and win. Could have had this all wrapped up. This should have been all wrapped up. Arsenal were there for thumping. They're not a good team. They can't defend. But when you just let them sit in a five-man block, it's incredibly easy. Like Aaron Ramsdale was put under no pressure last night. What he did have to deal with, he did badly. And Liverpool's biggest chance of the game came from Aaron Ramsdale coming from across, coming for a cross that he had no business coming for, making a mess of it. Ball ends up with Tacky nine yards out and he skies it over the bar. We tried shooting from range. It was an embarrassment. But not once did you feel like Liverpool were really on the verge. After the sending off, before the sending off, it did feel like we, we were on the verge of scoring a couple of goals. Once the sending off happened, the game felt very easy for Arsenal. The lack of quality in that Liverpool midfield outside of Fabinho was absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. James Milner can't play. At this point in his career, he just can't play. Henderson has been awful all season. And there's still people trying to defend him, saying, he ha saying he's been good this season. And that's because the media have whitewashed his season so far. They haven't mentioned how bad he's been. James Pearce denies how bad he's been. He has been terrible. Go back and watch the games we've had this season. And you'll come to 14 or 15 awful Jordan Henderson performances. And that contract extension looks really, really bad now. It's going to look even worse in a year. And even worse the year after that. A shambolic decision to give him a new contract when you wouldn't give Naby Keita one, when you're stalling on giving Mo Salah a new contract. And Klopp came out after the game. And look, he got everything wrong yesterday. And he deserves a lot of criticism. And he deserves even more criticism for the nonsense that he came out with after the game. Trying to shoehorn Naby Keita into the conversation of what team wouldn't miss these players. You had Naby Keita against Chelsea and you left him on the bench to start James Milner and Jordan Henderson. So stop with that. Stop with that. This is your doing. There are transfer windows in which you can buy players. You said we had the quality we needed. You said you won't find many players that have the rhythm that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has. Where was he last night? Sat on the bench. 
at least when he came on, he tried to make things happen. Same with Curtis. They came on, they ran at that defence. They tried to force the issue. But they were brought on far too late. And how it is that Jordan Henderson saw out 90 minutes, I've got no idea. Maybe he has your new, new pictures. Who knows? But Jurgen Klopp is the master of Liverpool's demise this year. Jurgen Klopp is to blame for where Liverpool find themselves right now. Third in the league, adrift of Manchester City, with no chance of winning the league. Now facing an away leg against Arsenal, with them having home advantage. That's on Jurgen Klopp. He's the one that continues to pick crap players for this team. He's the one who spouts the company line, oh, we don't need this, oh, we have all of this, oh, well, we're fine. Well, last year you left yourself short at centre-back. This year, what did you do? You left yourself short in midfield. You spouted nonsense about eight midfielders, utter horseshit. You don't have eight midfielders. You have, at best, six, plus a child, plus a pensioner who can't play anymore. And only one of them can play in the left-sided role. Only one of them can play in the holding role. And when they're not there, your midfield is screwed. When Thiago's not there, your midfield's a mess. How is it that we're so reliant on a guy we didn't used to own? How is it that we won a league title in a Champions League and yet without that fella in midfield who we didn't have when we won those things, our midfield is a complete shambles? Oh, it might have something to do with the fact that you let Ginny Wijnaldum leave. That you didn't go to bat for Ginny Wijnaldum the way you went to bat for Jordan Henderson. Ginny Wijnaldum deserved his contract more. He's a better player. He's more valuable to the team, as we're seeing this year. He's younger. He's more versatile. He's just flat out much, much better. And he doesn't get injured. But you went to bat for the guy who's, at best, the 12th to 13th best player at the club and has been for a number of years. Jurgen Klopp's an incredible manager. An absolutely incredible manager. But he is the master of his own demise right now. And we can blame the owners, but if he's not willing to fight for more funds, if he's not willing to come out and publicly say, yeah, we need this, we need that, then what can you do? What can you do? Let's quickly go around the main Liverpool sites. Uh, Solutions and 350 for the boss, four things from Klopp's pre-Brentford press conference. Oh, yeah, we get to play Brentford this weekend who are awful at the moment, which means we'll likely draw with them because we can't score goals and our midfield is a mess. Great. Uh, The good, the bad, and is the midfield or attack the bigger problem? The midfield is the bigger problem. The midfield's been the problem all season. Without Thiago there, the midfield has been a shambles this season. That's a straight-up fact. Go back and look at all of Liverpool's worst performances this year. Thiago's not there. Look at all their best. Thiago's there. This is Anfield have a bunch of pre-match stuff. Go and read it. Liverpool.com. Liverpool's new Ronaldinho can be the playmaker to solve Jurgen Klopp's creative problem. New Ronaldinho. Jesus Lord wept. This is about Curtis Jones. No, it's not, is it? It is, but... Oh, Jesus Christ, go away and don't be annoying me with that nonsense. 
Liverpool must accept Mohamed Salah and oh sorry, Jurgen Klopp must accept Mohamed Salah and Liverpool reality as positive injury latest outlined. I can't even be bothered. Liverpool can sign world class forward for free as Jurgen Klopp is handed Rafinha transfer boost. Um there's not many world class forwards who are going to be free, but this is the media digest piece. Oh, this Pete, this is about uh, Paolo Dybala. You definitely take Paolo Dybala. You would definitely take Dybala at Liverpool. As the false nine replacing Firmino, uh, he would be a, a sensational signing. Absolutely sensational. FSG warned over Mohamed Salah. Uh, Jamie Carragher had some words. Uh, Liverpool get a Rafinha boost, but then used the Kingsley Coleman has renewed at Bayern, so they're li- unlikely to be in for Rafinha. Nat Phillips still wanted, allegedly. Uh, Newcastle supposedly interested. If their transfer window is Kieran Trippier, Chris Wood, and Nat Phillips, after all the braggadocious, we're the richest club in the world nonsense, that is going to be hilarious. Liverpool must seize 8.3 million bargain transfer as Barcelona mess presents Mohamed Salah air. So this, I think, is Yusuf Demir. It is. Um, he's a phenomenally gifted player. Plays for Rapid Vienna. Was on loan at Barca and Barca had an option to buy him. But because of their financial disaster, they couldn't afford to. So they sent him back. Um, he would be a really, really good signing for Liverpool to bring in as a player to develop. 8.3 million is pennies. Only 18, super talented. Absolutely super talented. He would definitely be one that Liverpool should be looking to bring in as a long-term piece to develop. And the likes of having him with Harvey and Cade Gordon as plan you know, Fraundorf and Musilowski and players like that to develop would be would be really good, really promising. Um, Liverpool have four transfer ploys to replace James Milner, including star with Anfield Dream. James Milner doesn't really need replacing because he doesn't bring anything to the team. But uh, let's have a look. James Ward-Prowse, awful suggestion. Enoch Mwepu. Uh, as a backup to Fabinho, he'd be fine, but no. Amadou Hadera, no thanks. Uh, Max Eggiston, no, these are awful suggestions. These are genuinely awful suggestions. And Max Eggiston is there because FB Ref have him in the 10 most similar players to James Milner. So what you're saying is he's one of the 10 most similar players to a bad player. That's great. Congratulations. Well done. Um, Liverpool can get 60 million transfer advantage with Agent Quirk as new Premier League trade emerges. This is garbage. This is a bit Jared Bone having the same uh, agent as Andy Robertson. Uh, On AnfieldIndex.com, we've got some player ratings from last night's game, which have been put together by David Comerford. So, uh, Alisson gets a seven. That's fair. Trent gets a four. Fair. Joel gets a seven. Virgil gets a six. Robertson gets a five. Fabinho gets a six. Henderson gets a five. That's very generous. Um, 
a reasonable first half display. Reasonably gave the ball away endlessly. James Milner gets a five. Very generous. Uh, Diogo Jota gets a six. Firmino gets a six. And Minamino gets a four. That's was the liveliest of the front three, without doubt. But his rating has to suffer because of that miss. So the other two get sixes and he gets a four because he missed one chance. That's shocking. Curtis Jones a seven. Nico a six. Ox a six. Yeah. The less said, the better. Um, there is a post-match raw from last night's game. Uh, it's the post-match medium rare with Guy Drinkle, Lisa Marie Hanahan, and Stephen Beaumont Adam. So do check that out. Um, there's a load of new stuff coming this weekend. You'll get a rival recon. There is already a scouted out. There'll be a raw for um, there'll be a raw for Brentford. There'll be a Nina Kaiser show for Brentford. And there will be a new main podcast coming in the next few days as well. I'm just not sure when. Um, but that's it. That is me for today. Yeah, I'm cheery, as you can tell. I'll see you tomorrow. No, I won't see you tomorrow. I'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.